Hello, everybody, and today on the Gotham Sports Machine, we're going to be talking New York football with Dennis Wazak, who covers the Jets for the Associated Press. Do you, and do you believe that the NFL draft is so close? It seems like I've been counting down the days. <laughs> it's, I'll tell you what, I'm glad it's finally here because I think from a Jets perspective, the past you know three and a half months have just been what are the Jets going to do at number two? What are they going to do? What quarterback are they going to take? Are they going to keep Sam Darnold? Are they going to trade Sam Darnold? It's just been one of those off seasons where it's just like, let's get here. And finally we're here. Um, and, and we'll know all those answers to who they're taking at number two. We know what they did with Darnold. And, um, and I think there's a lot of excitement now, especially from a fan standpoint with the Jets, uh, just kind of moving this, this, franchise forward taking that next step so so yeah it's finally we're, we're almost there and um and there, there's some sense of normalcy it, you know coming to the draft where last year it was all virtual and now there's going to be an actual site you know in cleveland and there'll be players there and goodell will be there uh not in his basement you know so so yeah there's a lot of excitement and it's good to see it's good to finally be there because the biggest thing about the draft is all the questions. And there's just so many questions. You want to get them answered. And I feel like the biggest question me and my dad have been talking about is how confident we really are in Zach Wilson. <laughs> like, is he really the guy? Is Are you that confident in giving him the keys that it's this lock at two and it's not going to be the same situation as what just happened with Sam Darnold? <laughs> well, I think that's uh, that's a valid question. And I think most Jets fans feel that way. They There's that that sense of cautious optimism because it's like, well, we've been through this before. And I, I actually just wrote about how uh, since Joe Namath's last game with the Jets in 1976, 34 players have started a quarterback for the Jets and a lot, you know, there's a handful of those who were high draft picks, you know, guys like uh, Richard Todd and, and Ken O'Brien, Pennington and Mark Sanchez and Geno Smith and then Sam Darnold. So you've seen this franchise try to move out of the shadow of Joe Namath. Um, it, they will nobody will ever be able to fully step out of that because of what Namath meant to to the Jets, to the city and to the NFL. I mean, you know, he was a big factor in in the AFL and NFL merging. So um, he's he's a bigger than life figure. But the Jets fans will take a quarterback who could at least lead them to some wins and get back to the playoffs. And we just haven't seen that in. No, they haven't been to the playoffs in 10 years. And they thought they had it with Sam Darnold. They thought they had that guy. And, and I, I was on board. I was not fully on board with Sanchez. I, I, there were just some things that I saw with him that I thought like, man, you know, I could see some things and maybe, but when I saw Sam Darnold through his first uh, mini camp and rookie camp uh, with the jets, it's like, man, and then training camp, he looked, he looked really good. He had this confidence about him, this coolness, you know, the California cool. And you thought, Hey, you know, he's going to be the perfect for this market and for this type of franchise that needs somebody to latch onto and it just didn't work out. So it's hard to have confidence in a kid who's very similar in that he's confident, you know, um, that 
there's a lot that will be on his shoulders and Zach Wilson. And we're, we're pretty sure that's the guy who the Jets are going to take. It would be a surprise if that's not the guy, if it's Justin Fields or someone else. So I think it's a safe assumption that Zach Wilson will be the guy. But when you look at, you know, his, his experience, he, he doesn't have a lot of experience. He doesn't have um, a lot of experience against uh, top opponents because he played at BYU, but, Against those teams, especially this, you know, this past season, 33 touchdowns, three interceptions, almost 3,700 yards. And he's got accuracy, ability to create plays um, and make plays in space. There's an excitement factor. Now, you wonder if he'll be able to kind of hone that at the next level. And I think Mike LaFleur, the offensive coordinator with the Jets, his system that they're bringing, it's it's good for that type of player. And even Justin Fields would, would be a good fit for that that uh, system, uh, that Mike Shanahan system, the Kyle Shanahan system, you know. And so I think that um, um, it, there a, a lot remains to be seen. Can I be confident? I, I don't know. I, I think I'm with the, the Jets fans who are cautiously op- optimistic because um, Trevor Lawrence is a sure thing. That's what people think. And I think everyone else after that, it's, there's a risk involved. And if you look at this draft, there are five top quarterbacks that you're looking at Lawrence and Wilson and Fields and Trey Lance and Mac Jones. Well, not all five of them are going to be superstars. You know, that's just the odds that, that occur in the draft. And I, I, you know, you just hope that the jets hit on this guy and that he's able to succeed on the field and off the field with the pressure that will come with this. And um, I, I, I like what I've heard from him. I like uh, what I saw in the pro day and some of the games that he had. Um, but you just never know. And um, he's going to have every opportunity to do it. And Joe Douglas, the GM, his legacy will be tied to what happens with this number two pick. And if it is Zach Wilson, those two guys, however Zach Wilson goes, that's how Joe Douglas will go and the franchise or else we'll be back here in three years looking at the same question and and the same you know dilemma what will the jets do a quarterback so they need to get this right that's definitely what i was also thinking about because when you trade sam donald you're just it's just making so many things so much more complicated and he has to succeed now because if he doesn't he gave up on a franchise quarterback and the Jets are going to be in shambles if this number two pick doesn't go right. And, and I think here's the thing. This was the, the question. And I admittedly, I flip-flopped all throughout the offseason on the whole idea. Do you keep Darnold or do you trade him and go with a draft pick? Because I can see the pros and cons in both. Um, but I think with Darnold, um, if you're Joe Douglas and you're looking at the situation and here's a guy who has not lived up to expectations in his first three years for various reasons, some of his own making, and then many others not, you know, I mean, the system he was in, in, in under Adam Gase was not good for him. You know, he did not thrive. And that's the reason, you know, the jets are in this position now with a new coach, a new quarterback coming and all that. Um, but I think the biggest factor was, was this, they had to make a decision on Darnold's fifth-year option, which would have been around $19 million guaranteed for next year. So if Douglas decides to pass on taking a quarterback at number two, keeps Darnold, Darnold just doesn't do anything more in, t- in terms of his progress 
Well, then you're looking at a $19 million, you know, albatross big basically for next season and you're committed to him. And if they're not winning, well, at the end of next season, wow, then, then, then you're in a lot of trouble. So that was what, Doug, you know, Joe Douglas had to weigh when he made the decision by pressing the reset button. He presses the reset button for himself and the entire franchise, because now if you go number two with the, with the Zach Wilson, you've, you've reset the clock in terms of the expectations. I mean, Jets fans, the franchise, they want to win. But now if you have a rookie quarterback, well, you can't expect to be a playoff contender right off the bat. I mean, it happens, but, you know, there will be some, some uh, you know, time that will be given to that quarterback to, to try to develop um, and grow. And so um, I, I think when you look at it from that aspect, it was one of those things where, okay, now we have a quarterback who's cheaper and we, we have a quarterback who we can now grow with over the next few seasons and not have to worry about him bombing in year four if Darnold did that. And, and, and basically, here's the other thing. By taking Zach Wilson, say, it'll be hard for anyone to knock Joe Douglas and the Jets for making that pick. Because I think when you look at the top quarterbacks with Lawrence, Wilson, and, and Fields, any of those teams that pick those guys, it'll be hard to argue with that pick, even if they don't pan out in the next few years, because I think those three guys are generally considered the best of the bunch. Now, if you're a top team up there, like the 49ers number you know, three or whatever, and you take a chance on a Mac Jones who kind of rose through this, this period leading up to the draft and he doesn't pan out. It's like, well, they took a chance on a guy who wasn't as highly considered just four months ago. And now all of a sudden he was the number three pick or the number four pick. So I think the same thing can be said of, of the Jets and Darnold. It's hard to knock that decision that they made at number three just three years ago because Darnold was actually being considered at, at, with the number one pick by Cleveland. And they kind of switched things up and went with Baker Mayfield and the Jets couldn't believe it and were able to take uh, Sam Darnold, number three. So I think there's there was a lot to that whole decision, and they that they finally reached. And um, and I, I think, you know, that's the thing. It, the main thing was being able to set the, the the press the reset button on all of those things on the franchise, on the quarterback, on the the financial uh, um, obligations that are tied to that position. So so yeah, I think I think that's that all came into play with everything that went on over the last, you know, basically over the last couple of months. You know, uh, Dennis, it, it's uh, Mark Healy here. Uh, I have a question about, you know, you know, Alex Wilson was a guy that a lot of people were talking about as a possible. Uh, I mean, Alex Smith was a guy that a lot of people were talking about as a possible backup slash, you know, maybe, uh, you know, starter for the first couple of games of the season, kind of like what the Giants did with Eli Manning. You know, and, you know, I've heard some names. I've heard some weird names like Blake Bortles, which is somebody that does not <laughs> excite me at all. Um, where do you think that the Jets are going to go for a, a backup quarterback? I did hear a, a rumor about A.J. McCarron possibly being somebody that they would look at. Where do you think they're going to go? Because I don't think they're going to go into the season without an experienced backup behind, behind uh, Zach Wilson, as if we assume that that's the pick. 
No, I, I agree with you. And, and I think um, you have to have that experienced guy just to, to kind of have Zach Wilson be able to bounce some things off of, of a veteran, you know, just the, hey, what did you do when you went through this? You know, hey, what did you do when you went through that? And um, it's interesting because I, I think I heard um, that NFL Network spoke to, I think it was Zach Wilson's coach, John Beck. He's, he's been his personal quarterback coach. And um, I think they reached out to, I think Zach Wilson has reached out to guys like um, um, Sanchez and uh, Pennington and a couple of others to, to kind of just talk about what it's like playing in this market, what it's like playing for this franchise and, and what that's like. Now in season, he's going to need that. He's going to need that because not so much the, um, the exterior things, but stuff that goes on on the field. And right now the jets have Mike white, who's an inexperienced backup. He's been around a, a couple of years and uh, James Morgan, who is a rookie fourth round pick last year. So they they're high on those guys as backups, you know, but that's, that's not, you know, what they need, because especially just say if, if Wilson goes into the season and he's not quite ready, you know, and, and they want to start the first four games with a veteran and just get Wilson to kind of sit, which you, you see sometimes, I mean, you know, look what happened with Justin Herbert last year and, and I mean what he ended up doing. So, um, you know, maybe, I, the, the one guy that I think would make a lot of sense is Nick Mullins, who was with San Francisco. Um, he had an elbow issue. He had surgery, but he's throwing now. And I, I think that would be, I think that would have been a slam dunk if not for that injury. I think he'd be here already. I think that would be the perfect guy because he's shown he could, he could come in and play reasonably well as a backup. He knows the system. He knows the coaching staff and, and he's a backup. You know, he knows his role and, uh, and he's been around a few years um, and has some of that experience that I think he would be a good um, just kind of sounding board for, for Zach Wilson. And um, so I, I think that right now, that's my that would be my guess. And um, they but they need to know that he's healthy and in case he needs to start the season that he can play. Um, Blake Bortles, like just like you said, man, it, like that doesn't excite me, I, I think it's a possibility. AJ McCarron doesn't excite me either. I think Alex Smith would have been perfect, you know, and, and, um, but he's, he's retired now. And um, I mean, what a story he is, you know, it just the fact that he was able to get back and all that experience. And, and I mean, that, that would have been invaluable for a young quarterback to have in that room. Um, so, but that, that is, that's my guess right now. I, I, I still think, um, you could see Nick Mullins come to the Jets and, and be a guy who can compete, um, not, not so much compete, but be the backup and, and help Zach Wilson along. And if he stumbles, be able to, to kind of step in for a game or two. The only reason I, 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 like I said, the only reason I would be on board with a McCarron, and I, this is the first time I'm reading it, uh, hearing about it, reading about it, uh, as a rumor was, you know, just because of the culture, you know, the Alabama culture is, I mean, Nick Saban, Nick Saban says it all the time. He said, you know, uh, you know, if you know, Jack and I are Falcons fans and <laughs> you know, he talks about Julio Jones was really, he goes, look, he goes, Julio Jones is the one who set the culture at Alabama so many years ago. And that's why so many people have come in and come out uh, having the right, uh, you know, that right personality to play the game. And, 
and you know, McCarron is a guy that, you know, has that culture. He might not be a very good quarterback, uh, but you know, he has shown some ability and sometimes yeah. the best backups are the guys that can really guide a young quarterback, you know, through that maelstrom of what's going to be, you know, a you know, huge amount of expectations. Look, Jack and I were both uh, on the Sam keeping Sam Darnold bandwagon for a while uh, because we felt that, you know, Adam Gase was just that bad. Yeah. <laughs> and the jet situation was just that bad. And, you know, a guy doesn't go, doesn't, a guy doesn't fall this far from the tree um, when his offensive line is as terrible as it was the game plan. I mean, I heard things about Adam Gase and you would know you're there all the time that his, his game plans were so stringent that you, you know, Sam wasn't able to audible if he saw a blitz coming for, you know, just coming as he lined up, you know, that, that, that there weren't enough, you know, those kinds of plays where, you know, or freedom where a quarterback or somebody else on the offense you know, could take any kind of leadership role. So I just feel like Sam Darnold, I don't know if he's going to go to Carolina and he's going to be special, but it took me a while to get to this place as far as being comfortable. I wrote a column about it, about Zach Wilson. But I, I think with all the factors that you mentioned and all the factors that uh, are, are coming into play here with the Jets, that Zach Wilson has a very good opportunity to be a very good quarterback here. But I do think that whoever his backup is, uh, is going to have to be part of like a triumvirate with the coach and the offensive coordinator to really make Zach Wilson the best quarterback that he could be. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And and I'm 100% with you. And, and like I said, I kept flip-flopping during the offseason because it, it's amazing how many people were wrong on Darnold. Because, every, I mean, you talk to so many people uh, leading into the draft and then after, and it was like the Jets got this right. You know, he's the guy. And it, it's just hard to believe that, that he's not at least going to be a good quarterback. And, and I think that that's, man, what you said before, I think was a major factor. The, the fact that Gase's offense, the way he ran it, it was just one of those things where, um, yeah, they're, 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 it was very, I don't know, strict. It was very regimented, I guess, um, where he had to follow the plan. And, I mean, we talked to Gase um, before his, um, his first season with Darnold, you know, leading into that, uh, that regular season. And he raved about the kid. He loved everything about him, everything between his ears, you know, everything with his arm the way he can make plays with his legs. Um, but it was, it was crazy how it never played out that way, you know? And all of a sudden you would see these flashes and you're like, why not do that? Or why not let Darnold run the two minute offense, you know, just let him make plays because he can do that. And I think when he goes and he plays with Carolina, you know, with, with rule and, and Joe Brady and, and they kind of open things up and if they allow him to kind of dictate how the offense runs well all of a sudden you can see Darnold just bust out and I mean wouldn't it be fitting and it's unfortunate because the Jets have seen this so many times the Jets fans you know if this next season Zach Wilson 
kind of struggles, you know, has up and down, ups and downs and has some really good games. And meanwhile, in Carolina, Darnold is just lighting it up and throwing like 20 touchdown passes to Robbie Anderson. You know, like, wouldn't that just be like, yeah, no kid. We knew that would happen, you know, so um, it would just be something. But you're right about the backup. And, and you look at the names that are out there that are available and it doesn't really excite you. I think McCarron, you know, you might be right about that, that, you know, his background and, and um, how he learned this game coming up like that might be good. And like Bortles, I, I mean, that 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 Blaine Gabbert, you know, Matt Barkley, none of those guys really excite me at this point. So, um, you know, I, I, I guess we'll see. I, you know, this would be something now if the Carolina Panthers cut Teddy Bridgewater after the draft, well, that would be like, you bring that guy in here and then all of a sudden, well, maybe you do have somebody and a guy who could push Zach Wilson to potentially play, you know, and, and you have that, that kind of thing is always good, you know, for, for a room where, you know, Zach Wilson's a starter, but Teddy Bridgewater has plenty of experience and he's a really good locker room guy. So, um, if the Panthers go in that direction, I would not be surprised because uh, he, they'd have to trade him. The Jets would have to trade for him at this point, and they're not going to do that. But if he shakes free, Teddy Bridgewater might be like, a very viable option. I think a lot of people, people are overlooking how important getting a new coach is, especially with how the Knicks, even though we're talking football, how quickly they could turn around just by getting a new coach and adopting a new culture, like the Jets can really do this with Robert Salah and Mike LaFleur. Like they got two, they, they just got away from the worst system in football. wasn't scoring <laughs> any points. And now they got a guy who's just, they were just in the Super Bowl not so long ago. They know how to win football games and they're going to push the Jets to get in that mentality, that winning mentality where you want to be there to win. And yeah, I just it's it's people should be more a lot more excited about the new regime. I, I think um, I think they are. I think fans now the one big thing is the fact that during the coaching search, fans were really on board with Robert Sala and they wanted he was the guy most fans wanted. So with the Jets able to get the guy who won the public opinion poll, I mean, that that was big in itself because we all know that two years ago when they hired Adam Gase, they were just, you know, criticized and just ripped by the fan base because he had just come from Miami where he flamed out. And, and there were so many issues uh, that were down there with, with him and and his players and that sort of thing. And, And the fans hated that hire, you know? So in the end, it's all based on wins. You, you could like not like a guy, but if he starts winning, that's it. I mean, we saw it in reverse with Rex Ryan where he came in and he really just changed the entire tone, the, the vibe for the franchise. And, and he won, you know, he, he almost got to the Super Bowl two years in a row, but then that kind of faded. You know, and then all the bluster and and like the like the big shows at his press conferences. Well, they started to ring hollow because you didn't win anymore. So if you don't win, it doesn't matter. And that that excitement fades. But like you said, Robert Sala, what he's done is is he's 
gone through, he's paid his dues, you know, he's paid his dues and he's won and he's seen how things do, aren't conducive to winning. You know, he, he was in Jacksonville. He's, he's seen how that kind of fell apart. He saw Seattle, what they did and how they won, you know, in San Francisco. Um, so he kind of knows what it takes to be a winner at, at this level. And, and, and this is, he's not a flash in the pan. He's not one of these guys who just like, wow, Oh, this, this guy is exciting. Let's, let's have it. He's paid his dues. He's been around, he's coached, he's had, he's gotten some experience. He's, he's worked with, with several really good coaches in this league. And, um, you know, I, I think that's, that's the key. There's a new vibe and, and all we kept hearing after some of these guys who signed as free agents and most notably Carl Lawson and uh, Vinnie Curry and Sheldon Rankins, those guys on, on the defensive line and uh, even Corey Davis, the wide receiver from Tennessee, these guys said, we saw what, what, uh, what Robert Sala was doing here. We, we like what's happening with this franchise. We like the direction that he's turning this in. And um, I forget which of the players, I think, I think it was Carl Lawson who said that leading up to free agency, he was looking at um, prospective teams and what, um, you know, what teams, what coaches were there and that kind of thing. And he, he did some research on Robert Sala and loved what he saw, like YouTube videos of, of his, his uh, coaching philosophy. And that brought some of these players here, you know, to the jets and they, they have to strike. Now the jets have to use that to their advantage where there is that excitement. So I think, I think that excitement over this coaching staff has helped bring some players in. Now, there's there's going to be building i think zach wilson will help that also young quarterback you know a gunslinger hey this is a kid who's exciting that will help some offensive players want to play here also which hasn't been the case for several years now with the jets well we just have so much to look forward to almost we had a week till the draft jets got a <laughs> lot of picks and i just i can't wait to watch it it's been a while since I had some football in my life and I just, I need it. <laughs> I, I think that's how I think most uh, people could say that. And the funny thing about the NFL season is, um, you know, a lot of people, even relatives and friends are like, like, Hey, uh, you know, what are you doing in the off season with the NFL? There is no off season. I mean, there is always stuff going on and that's why it makes the game so special because there's so much talk and so much, so many things that are happening in the news um, rumors that are flying around from, you know, February all the way, you know, through free agency, the draft, and then into mini camp. And then you finally get to September and the season starts and it's like, all right, all of this talk, you know, and, and I covered baseball, uh, for the AP for a few years doing Mets and Yankees as a, you know, fill in and back, you know, back in like 98, 99, 2000. And there's a grind to that, you know, it's, it's, and there's 162 games, right? So, so one game, it's like, all right, well, you know, the Mets or Yankees lost this game. Okay, they lost another one. Now, the, now they won. I mean, there's so much riding on each week in the NFL season. So, so it makes it an event, you know. And and every, you know, Sunday, Sunday night, Monday night, if when your team is playing, it's like, wow, you know, this is the biggest thing of the week. And then you have another week of storylines leading up to that. So. 
Um, it's great. You know, I, I have loved covering the NFL and the Jets and and just the the fans are passionate. You guys are passionate, you know, and, and just I mean, I've lived in New York my whole life and just being around Jets fans, they can't wait to be a winner again. They thought they had it 10 years ago when Rex Ryan was leading them to the AFC championship. They thought this was going to be something consistent, but they haven't made the playoffs in 10 years. And now there's a new regime and uh, there's new hope. There's a new vibe. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And, and there's a lot to be excited for and, and, and about, and it's cool to see. That's been another great episode on the Gotham Sports Machine. It's been a blast. Thanks for coming on, Dennis. Anytime, guys. I really appreciate it. And, uh, and yeah, let's see what happens in the draft. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a fun time for everybody, for all NFL fans. All that hope that's flowing. Take it easy, d Thanks again, pal. You got it.